that's that done. Um, so we're letting Chief do the intro then. Hey, if he's if he's done this rodeo before, well, <laughs> what I mean is I've done a podcast before. So, so um, no, uh, you said you've done this rodeo before. It's up to you. Right. Well. I know what we're talking about. That's about it. <laughs> teach you for opening your gob, won't it? Oh, yeah, I've done this before. I've done this before. Yeah, no worries. I'm, I can do this. Good morning, everyone. This is the... Ow. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors Podcast. Woo! I am your, indeed, woo indeed, we always need a woo. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jay, and with me, as always, is Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Got it right this time. Give the feed line again. I got it right, so why do I have to do it again? I had to tell you you got it right. All right, fair enough. And joining me this time, as always, is my good friend and brother, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? <coughs> Thanks. That's wonderful. <laughs> Just wonderful. an update. The, the one of many. I'll, I'll give Good. another update later on. Good. By update, you mean burp date? No, just an update. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, we are joined this time by our good friend Chief. Chief, how are you, my friend? I am well, thank you. I'm well. And how are you both? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> Sitting in the basement. Carry <laughs> <laughs> on. Mm. Uh, I'm in my basement <laughs> office, as always. <laughs> Sitting here just chilling. And I thought, well, let's do a podcast. So let's do one. For sure. All right, I'll do one. I'll see you later. Hey, <laughs> Okay, so this is one of our um, Goes to the Movies episodes where we talk about a video game related movie. Mm. If you haven't heard these episodes before, head over to wafflingtailers.rocks forward slash wafflingtailers. I think it's Goes to the Movies. I'll put the link in the show notes because I don't know the link because I'm an idiot. So um, yeah, head over there and you'll see we've covered a whole bunch of these movies so far. Each one of the movies bar one has been a video game adaptation of a movie Whereas one of the previous ones has been the other way around. It's a movie adaptation of a book that was then later adapted into a movie. This one is a little different. This is a video game movie in that it was made by a video game company, but it isn't related to any of the video games at all. Although, as we'll find out later, I think it was their attempt at um, making a big screen version of one of their biggest games ever made. But we'll come back to that in a moment. We are, of course... Talking about Final Tekken. Fantasy. That's it. Final Fantasy Tekken. <laughs> Tekken Final Fantasy. Who That'll doesn't want? Game. Who doesn't oh, want to beat him up game like that with Final Fantasy characters? Seriously. Ergies. <laughs> uh, uh, that 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 was a that was a game that had three characters from. Was it three? I think it was two. Was it? It had Cloud and Sephiroth. It was a one-on-one fighting game I'm and sure. dungeon crawler. And a dungeon crawler. That's and it had weird Cloud and Sephiroth in it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure I had T for in it as well. I don't know. I don't care. Um. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. So this is a movie that was released in 2001. It is the reason 
Uh, we'll come on to it later. But the reason why a whole bunch of uh, Squaresoft games, Square Enix games, I suppose, that came out after that were PlayStation-only titles. And we'll get into the reason for that in a little minute. But yeah, so we're talking about the 2001 um, Final Fantasy Spirits Within. It was um, released to middling acclaim. It is known as one of the fourth biggest box office bombs of all time. Um, it cost a reported in 2022 uh, dollars, $190 million to make and almost drove Square out of business. Yeah, but so, for film studios, that's a drop in the ocean, really. That kind of it thing. is, but you know, not when not when you've started your film studio and you're making your first film ever. <laughs> mm. It's a bit too much of money to be wasted. But there you go. Yeah, took it cost in twenty twenty two dollars, cost one hundred ninety million dollars to make, and only ever made eighty five million dollars back. So less only. than half of its um, input. Um, Still a lot of money. Stars, yeah, I, yeah, that I mean, eighty-five. I would be happy with eighty-five million dollars. If somebody said to me, "Here's a check for eighty-five million dollars," I'd be like, "That's wonderful. Thank you very much. Lovely." I'd take the check uh, and the hand that was attached to it. Absolutely, you wouldn't. You wouldn't see the check. It would just be a blur, and there I would be attempting to run down the street, but I'd be looking a little bit like a crab because I can't run very well. How on a minute? How much did it lose? It lost more than half of its uh, budget, so it cost 190 million to make, Ouch. and only made 85 million back. About 105 mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good, is it? Yep. That's not nope. good. Nope. Um, I remember at the time that um, that you see the problem was right from my perspective at the time when it came out. It was going to be huge, right? Mm. All the JRPG fans, Final Fantasy VII fans, Final Fantasy VIII fans, and at the time it was just being released, I believe, Final Fantasy IX fans were going, oh my goodness, it's going to be an amazing JRPG turn-based ATB uh, movie. Yeah. But it wasn't. People are idiots, though, aren't they? <laughs> Everyone in the audience has a controller, you know, waiting That's to it. take their turn. Oh, it was a 90 minutes. 90 minutes, about 110, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just short of two hours. Yeah, just yeah. short of two hours, yes. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, I, I, I remember when you... You know, I initially thought that I quite liked it, but... And then you watched it And recently. then I watched it. <laughs> and then, and then, and then it, it, it's not that... It, it's not that bad, um, but I don't think I'd voluntarily watch it again because <laughs> it, 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 it's um, you know the the, the the graphics and the animation and stuff. It's still all right, you know. Maybe it's not obviously animation is probably better now, but you know things look like they're meant to look like, but which is which is you know. A good thing, um, but um, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just not. It's sort of middling. That there's a there's a meh sort of feeling to it. There's some good bits, but uh, it's it's just yes, a bit. When I was watching it, I had to keep remembering this is two thousand and one. Mm. You know, this is two thousand. This is not. Nowadays, this is 2001, so this is 21 years ago, and it's if you remember that, it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong, but I don't think that was ever going to be a risk, was it? You know, Square Enix producing uh, good animation. Um, mm. It always looks nice, and you know they're usually cutting edge at the 
at, at the time they're doing it. So, but um, I mean, as a as a story, yeah, it's probably a bit weak. Um, <laughs> um, um, so, so let's talk about the origins of the story real quick. Yeah, yeah. We jump yeah. into like scenes and stuff, right? So. Hironobu Sakaguchi, the producer and director of a whole bunch of Final Fantasy games. In fact, he called the first Final Fantasy game Final Fantasy because it was going to be his final fantasy game that he worked on. And he made the promise when he released the first one that if he ever worked on a direct sequel, he'd quit and become a fisherman. Um, that's a, a, a promise that he's reneged on twice, but it doesn't really matter. Um well, that's so, when he realized, you know, obviously he made money and then he'd said, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, it, we'll it, do that. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's a bigger fan of money than he is a fish. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he, he started writing the story whilst they were finishing up making Final Fantasy VII. And this loops back to something I said right at the beginning, which is this is very clearly Final Fantasy VII, the movie, right? Um, because what happened was during the development of Final Fantasy VII, his mum passed away and. Um, he started think, thinking about what happens to you when you pass away. Hmm. And he became a big fan of the, the, the a real-life theory called the Gaia theory. Now, I want to talk about it. We we can we can talk about it, you know, not a problem. But we're not going to be making fun of people for, for following this theory or any other theory or any other religion or theism, whatever. You do you if it makes you happy, fantastic. I won't go into my own personal feelings about which... Um, theistic practices I follow if I follow any or any theories that I follow but anyway Gaia theory and I'm really 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 reducing this down to its absolute core details go check it out if you're interested but the idea is that every living thing has a soul and when you die your soul returns to Gaia Gaia is the soul of the planet right it's it's kind of briefly touched on but not actually explained in the film hmm. but yeah so when you die your spirit returns to to Gaia, which is the spirit of uh, around in the planet, which sounds awfully like the life stream in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And that is because it's the same story, except part of this one is set in space. And they remove all of the all of the things to do with Cloud losing his memory and things, and, mm. you know, the swords and all that, right? So it's, it's essentially the same story. Mm. When you boil it down a little bit. Um, and and it really shows, I think. Uh, and, and, and I feel like I feel like um, Sakaguchi walked into this project because he started writing it in, in 1997. It took four years to actually make this film and only about six months in actual production. The three years leading up to it were um, building out the technology and buying all of the hardware required to actually render the film because mm. he wanted to continually push the envelope. And like you both said, for 2001, this is amazing, right? You look at some of the other titles that were coming out, other films that were coming out around about that time that were CGI. You've got things like Bugs Life, right? Which intentionally doesn't look real, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but then by the same token, a few years later, you've got Monsters, Inc., which is you could maybe take the argument that it goes hyper real because of the animation of the fur and things like that. I would potentially argue that perhaps the animation of the fur for uh, Mike... Uh, not Mike. Which one? Which one is it in in Monsters Inc. with all the fur? Uh, Sully. Scully. Scully. Yes. Sully. You could. Yeah, Sully. Yeah. You could argue that the the animation of the fur for Sully was based on some of the research that the Square Enix people, or rather Square Pictures people, did for Aki Ross, because her hair has the most. Uh, she's got the most hair out of any character on screen, <laughs> and 
they actually spend, spent loads. Each individual hair follicle was hand animated, which is mad. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you've said that from, from like a film perspective, that for me is the incorrect focus. <laughs> you know, it's just like um, uh, uh, look at the hair. Shall, shall we work yeah. on the story? No, just, I reckon an awesome do. The hair is important. I mean, the hair probably is important, but it, it didn't even occur to me. I mean, I watched it thinking, yeah, it looks all right. <laughs> I'll tell you summer, right? I'll tell you summer. It'd only work with hair, hair like that. You notice there's no afros in this film. In the future, uh, there's no afros. None of the equipment would uh, fit. Uh, there's no afros in space. Uh, yeah. yeah, those I don't know what that means. Suits. I don't know what that means. No afros in space, you don't know what it means. It means you can't have an afro when you're in space. When you're in space, no one can hear your afro. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> So um, one of the one of the goals that they had for making this movie was obviously to make as much money as they could, and they failed at that. Mm-hmm. But um, they also wanted to make um, Aki Ross the main character, mm-hmm. who actually is partially named after um, Hironobu Sakaguchi's mum. He wanted her to become the world's first digital actress. The idea that they could take this same model and skin and all that kind of stuff and assets and plant her in different CGI movies. Um, and the actress who, who played her in the, the, the vocal version of her, uh, Ming Wah, I believe that's right. That's probably not right. Probably going to get angry messages from people. But anyway, the late, she was in, she was in ER and, um, she'd actually said in an interview around the time, Hey, if that's their plan, I'm happy to voice the same character mm. because what they did was they based some of her mannerisms and some of her movements off of how she moved in the recording studio. So they're quite, you know, they're, they're quite, quite intrinsically linked, mm. quite intrinsically linked. And so, um, and so yeah, that was the idea. The only problem is that, um, yeah, uh, Aki Ross only ever appeared in one other thing and that was a short film as part of the Animatrix. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's one of the short films, I forget the name of it. It's, um, it's a, a woman fighting robots and she's got like a, like a blindfold on. That's the same oh, character. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll have to dig just, that out. Just wasn't I as thin. Because Aki Ross in this film, she looks like really thin. She needs a ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a stylistic thing, but when I was watching it, I thought, she's just way too thin. It looks odd. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> sure about that, but you know, I don't, I, I don't tend to look at people's bodies so much. Well, no, but, it's, it's no, just... No, I get what you mean. The overall, when she's walking, I just think, you're way too thin. So... The animation in this film, right? Part of it was uh, mocapped, so they had people in suits act out the scenes, and part of it was hand animated. And you can really tell if you're paying attention which bits are hand animated and which bits are mocapped. Um, and so, you know, there's bits where they're like walking around kind of nicely, and then it all goes kind of clunky and robotic, and then they're walking around again. But that's you know, that's not me making fun. That's just me making an observation. No, 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 it's true. I'll make fun. It went from mocap to Resident Evil. You know. I don't mind. I'll make fun. I'll be that guy. Hold your fire! I'm a human! Yeah, so, you know, they, but, but yeah, they, they spent three years building the tech to, to, to make this film. And it was actually, it was rendered on a network of 960 Pentium 3 computers. 
960 of them. <laughs> Do you think that the film could have been live actioned? Yeah, I think it could have been. I could have been. I, th- I think it could have been live action with CGI elements, mm. which represented the Phantoms. I think that would have worked. I think that would have been better, really, wouldn't it? And presumably, the, would the cost have been less? Yeah, I guess so, because they'd have just had to build. They could do like at the, at the time. You got to remember, right? At the time, you've got Phantom Menace has just come out, mm. and that was a film that was almost entirely filmed on. Green, green screen. screen, yeah. Mm. So yeah, you, you could have you could have made it um, as a live action movie because all of the actors and actresses playing the characters yeah. resemble those characters. They they made the characters look a little bit like those sure. characters they were portraying on screen. So I think that they totally could have. I think right, they should have done like live action with CGI elements for the Phantoms and stuff, but all the main characters are Muppets from Jim Henson's company. That sounds terrible. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Final Fantasy, the wacka wacka with it. <laughs> you, you, you single-handedly ruined Square Enix with that idea. <laughs> I didn't ruin Square Enix. Square Enix ruined Square yeah, Enix. Yeah, they did a really good job of ruining themselves. <laughs> so that brings me on to my point about why it almost destroyed the company. Oh, Both Square and Enix were in financial straits at this time, right? Square, a company that, that made a boatload of money off of Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, and at the time Final Fantasy IX, were losing money left, right, and center. And Enix, who had released a whole bunch of Japan-only games, were also losing money left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. And so they decided they wanted to merge. Final Fantasy The Spirits Within comes out is a commercial failure, right? Mm-hmm. And Enix goes, ooh, I don't think we want to be teamed up with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And so Square had to rush to try and find um, investors to stay profitable enough such that Enix would merge with them. And at the, at the time, Sony bought a 30% stake in Square. Right. With the proviso that all of their titles from that point onwards would be PlayStation exclusives. Ah, uh, I see. Which is why all of the Square Enix ones were PlayStation exclusives for uh, 10, 15 years. 10 years, I want to say. Hmm. Um, with the exception of Final Fantasy Online, which was Final Fantasy 11 or 12? 11. 11. 11? Uh, ele- yeah, 11. 11 was first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 14 oh, yeah. was after yeah. that. Oh, yeah. yeah of with Final Fantasy 14 still not available for Xbox, largely because it's not, you know. <laughs> Please finish that thought. <laughs> yeah, I will do it. It's not in a playable state. Um <laughs> If anyone Lulu's triggered. Before we discuss the film, out of 10, with zero being the worst and 10 being the best, how would you rate this film as a film? Who are you asking first? Either of you. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. But, um, well, it's going to be a probably a... I'll probably say a five. 
that, 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 that's middle. That sounds harsh, but um, you know, because obviously, if you use the IGN rating scale, anything below seven's awful, isn't it? Mm. But um, isn't it nine now? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everything's a classic hit, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, there's so many classic hits. I, 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 IGN grading. There's only two gradings. Is it a Call of Duty game? No. Is it a GTA game? No. Then it's nine. <laughs> and you know something when they give it out uh, eight point five, you think oh. Point five. how much money do I have to give you to make it up to a nine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I I'm, I'm brought it too real there. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, it, it, what I mean, it, it's a middling film. The the plot's serviceable, if, if, if a little uninteresting and uninspired. I mean, it makes sense, um, generally, you, you know, and the, you, you know, the animation's good. Uh, things look like what they're meant to be, and nothing looks out of place. But I will say one thing about the sound there, that um, I noticed on, do you know when they're firing the weapons? Um, it always feels very underpowered. Do you know mm. how um, the like the firing sort of um, uh, say if you're watching something like Aliens, for example, there's a real there's a feels a real punch to the pulse rifles and stuff. There's a chunkiness to it, isn't there? And this looks like you just. Um, in a way that when you play Skyrim, you feel like you're just a camera. You you look floaty yeah. camera and everything's floaty. And the sound effects of it, I think that lets it down quite a bit because they had some they had some opportunities to do some really sort of uh quite big scale set pieces. But they always were a bit of a letdown. Even the phantoms really were that come out, you know, when they attack the city. Mm. Uh when they got through they turn the shield down for some. There's there's a reason for that. I, I remember that. Would you say that the the sort of like the firing sound effects? If you took the firing sound effects from something like Starship Troopers and put it into um, Final Fantasy Spirits was in, would that give it more of a kick? Yeah, I think I think part of it is because it's laser weaponry and it always sounds like a pea shooter or, or you know it yeah. sounds sounds a bit soft. But it's funny you should say Starship Troopers because. There's an inconsistency sometimes to weapons as well. I'm specifically referring to Starship Troopers on this, but how how a rifle at one point can't take down one of the 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 the, the creepy crawlies, um, and then suddenly there's like four of them with rifles, and it takes out an entire wave of them. There's like a yeah. there's like an inconsistency, but you know, but but at least in Starship Troopers, there's a because it's kinetic weapons that you, you get you get the yeah. oomph of it but whether with this it, it's um i think the laseriness is uh, it's just a bit uh, it doesn't sell it quite well having said that though i did really enjoy the drop seat the drop ship sequence you know when they initially um rescue ross and and they i thought it was quite clever how they did the they fire some like purple green jelly or something and I think that's quite clever. I think that's quite quite a nice way to to introduce the tech. That was that was quite fun. But yeah, the, I, I called them snot rockets. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a, I think that's a and the dropship's nice. You know, it looks cool. And um, if there was a model of it, you'd buy it. <laughs> and, and, but I think uh, you would. Well, yeah. But uh, the, generally speaking, yeah. The, you know, the, the plot's not. It sort of moved along. Nothing particularly happens that's out the ordinary. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. 
<laughs> it's not asking too much from you. And as a you know, most complicated thing in it, it's probably um, the Gaia theory thing, which um, Jay's already mentioned, which is quite interesting. And the, 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 there's a quite a little good council scene where they argue it, isn't it? Where, where, they, where they make fun of him for believing in fairy tales and they do the, the quote, it's not true. It, it is true. It's not a fairy tale. It's true. Yada, yada, yada. But yeah, generally, it's all right. If you, if you, yeah, it's it's middling. It's five. It's not terrible. But um, I think um, I think if you watch films now, you probably give it another another point. Actually, (laughs) is is it is it one of those you'd recommend if it was on Netflix, but you wouldn't go out and buy it? That kind of thing. I think it's probably if if you enjoy sci-fi. I think it's probably worth a watch. It's probably worth that, but uh, they are definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm just trying not to be too harsh, really. Um, but um, uh, no, that's my job. I, 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 I'm on teetering on. Yeah, watch it, but don't expect a lot from it. Mm. But um, it's alright. It's fully. It's it's totally serviceable. But again, I think I'm better. A better story could have been come out of this, and and they, and they could have just um, the the you know the the fight scenes are, are pretty simplistic, and you're thinking, um, like if you see you compare something to, uh, I suppose, uh, should we say the Matrix at the time? There were, I mean, there were they're just better choreographed you know they're, they're exciting to watch whereas this is just it's like paint by numbers yeah there's a fight scene they escape nothing really that dramatic happens And so what you're saying is Keanu Reeves should have been in this instead of Alec Baldwin well I'm saying they should Keanu have Keanu Reeves should have played Aki Ross <laughs> that would have been well beard and everything absolutely yeah. and sitting on a bench with his sandwich yeah I think I think that would have been it probably would have Got more tickets through there. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we we need a we need a portrait of Aki Ross with Keanu Reeves' beard, very badly photoshopped on. That's what we need to see. <laughs> Maybe, but, but I think it's yeah, it's alright. It, it, it's 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 watchable, but I, I also it doesn't really need your attention, really, does it? It's um, I tried to watch it really seriously. I don't know. <laughs> that was your first problem. <laughs> and, uh, but um, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's not that bad. It's not. I, I feel I've been a little harsh there, but um, I, I'm kind of wanting to give it a four now. Can I give it a four? Yeah, give it a four if you like. No, I'll give it a five. Like. I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five. That's it. That's me. That's it. Fair enough. <laughs> so, what about you, Switch? Before we discuss like our favorite, if we have favorite scenes or whatever, um, you know, if you could give it a score out of ten. Number one. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, yes. Brilliant. I like it. <laughs> Five cherries out of six tomatoes. Uh, yes. <laughs> six chainsaws out of Aki Ross. That's what it is. That's um, it. So, so, yeah. So, w- what would be, if you could give it a realistic-ish rate. If somebody said to you, give me a rating out of ten, and it doesn't have to mean anything... Just like, imagine it's an IGN score. It doesn't mean anything, right? I'd I'd say about a seven, surprisingly. Um, Mainly because I've seen really good CGI films and I've seen a lot of And 
so many years later, like 21 years later, it still holds up, which is a testament to how much effort was put in. Um, and the you can tell the the good intentions were there and the effort, the pure effort, just trying to get it to look awesome was there. However, the thing that lets the movie down is... I mean, one of the best parts of the movie, in my opinion, is Steve Buscemi, his character, Neil. I just, oh, I could listen to him all day. Um, but Do you think we're going to get out of this? Do you think the plan will really work? Ow! Look, would you mind shutting up and let me work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Neil, think of something. I'm impressed, so am I. Um, yeah, but I think I, I think some of the problems that the, the film has is the sense of escalation happens way too fast um and the the pacing is like so slow way too slow to the beginning and then the general shuts off um the shield to one of the sectors and then the phantoms get in and then suddenly oh no living thing could get through there you think you think these are living you know it's just sort of one thing after the next and if you if if you see movies you could tell where it was gonna go it's sort of like beat for beat. It, it follows an action script, doesn't it? It just follows it. You know, action movie by numbers. It's a bit formulaic, One isn't it? That, that, yeah, formulaic. Yeah, but yeah, and and, it, and we're not saying that formulaic stuff is bad. No, it just, just it didn't work here. That little happens that you can go three, two, one, story beat. Yeah. You know, because you're not you're not being. Um, I hate to say the word because I don't think it's a lack of entertainment, but you're not being distracted enough you, from the order in which engaging. the movie happens. You, you, yeah. you, you've got the structure of a film, but you want to hide it from from yeah. from from your audience. What's, and you know, if you do it well, you you barely see the structure until you <laughs> sit it back and and and, and properly analyze it. But it doesn't give that to the audience, and which is why it. it, 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 it it's it's hard to be as generous to it, but like Squidge said, for its time, and you compare it to the other crap that's come out afterwards, it is pretty decent, and it and it's a like you say, it's a genuine attempt, it's like a heartfelt attempt to we're going to do this well, and I think there's a good balance between serious plot development or or attempting to be serious and some light-hearted humour. It's, it's it's all right, yeah. it's all right. The, the up, up until things start going tits up, um, there's there's a phrase that I know Jay's used, and he said to me before, it's um, and up until that part, this meeting could have been a memo. Um, <laughs> you don't have to look at the screen to yeah. be honest; you could just listen because everything is damn near explained. It's sort of like the audio's closed captions; it explains everything as you go along. I would argue, though, I would argue that it doesn't explain everything. There's a, there's parts of the story that are left. To you to make that logical leap. Here's fact A, here's fact B. We're not going to tell you how to get fact C, and you're going to assume that fact. Like, look at the ending, right? Like, um, the, the, uh, we're jumping into scenes that we're going to uh, going to discuss, right? Mm. The end of the film, Aki Ross and Gray are trapped at the bottom of this big uh, crater, um, and they're you know several feet away from the Earth Skyer and the big boss. Um, alien guy is sort of creeping down being all tentacly because it's made by Japanese people and they have to be tentacles. Mm. Um, and Aki Ross decides that right now is a great time to have a nap. So she has a nap and has a dream 
Um, and then she wakes up and goes, I know exactly what I've got to do. Doesn't tell anyone what she's got mm. to do. Suddenly, Gray knows exactly what he's got to do. And then he squash, sacrifices yeah. himself so that the, the, the eight spirits could be joined together with the alien Gaia and somehow everything just becomes okay. Yep. And, and I feel like I feel like that betrays the fact that it's based on a video. It's based on the idea of, yeah. or rather, I think that betrays the fact that it is produced by a video game director. Yeah. Right. You look at look at a standard video game of the time. Right. Look at Final Fantasy VII. Right. I'm gonna say some things about Final Fantasy VII. I don't mean to be negative, but look at the way it works. Right. You've got three, four discs of immense story. Right. A hundred plus hours of. We're discovering who we are, how the planet works, what's going on. There's loads of world building. There's loads of character development. There's loads of story. There's chocobo racing. Absolutely, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> and you get and there's Moogles, and you get to the end, right? You beat Sephiroth, and it kind of goes, and then everything went perfectly normal and back to normal again. So yeah, like, then, four hundred years or five hundred years into the future, we see Nanaki running. Yeah, but but even even if yeah, you take those four seconds out, it's like, hey, well, you beat the boss, well done, game over. Because it's designed because that game is designed by someone who spends a lot of time writing games and directing games. Then the Final Fantasy VII, just real quick, sorry to bug, bug in, but can you imagine if you get to spoilers if no one's ever got to this part? <laughs> But Final Fantasy VII, when you finally beat the ending boss, it's Cloud and Sephiroth and you do a limit break and you take him out, right? Can you imagine if the screen fades to bro- faded to black and then said to be continued? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. A Soul Reaver special, you know. But, but, <laughs> but like, take th- all of those things I said about the ending of Final Fantasy VII. It, it tries to tie things up in a neat bow, but essentially it basically goes, and the heroes beat the enemy and then everything was okay. That's the, when you boil it down, that's what it is. There's no, there's no like resolution or anything. You look at the ending for Spirits Within, they beat the enemy because the, the alien guy is kind of like a boss. And if you watch any of the special features on the DVDs and stuff, they actually refer to the alien guy as the boss, mm. the end of level boss. Mm. They defeat it and then immediately credits. Yeah. Right. All right. It's not immediately. What happens is Aki Ross gets raised up. In this on this platform, she does some internal thinking because you can see the cogs moving, but you don't hear it. You have no idea what she's thinking. Then suddenly, and everything was okay again. Well, it's it's like, you get you get the camera following a bit. Of, I think it was a falcon. I'm probably wrong, but it's flying across the landscape. And I just thought that's a video game credit scene. Yeah, you've beat the is. game. Here's a really nice, awesome track. Then it goes on to Lark and she has spirit dreams inside, which I'd stayed for. Because it's just awesome. But it just, it, it goes, it shows you all the scenery from the bird's point of view. And it's like, this is credits. This is what you get yeah, from but, an action game or, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, and that, that's the point of getting it, right? It ends like a video game. Mm. Or rather, it ends like a video game that was written in 1997. Which is daft, considering all the things we've just said about it. Do you know that one of the writers worked on Apollo 13? Oh, really? Yeah, right? Like, they went from that. <laughs> To this. <laughs> Probably like, a palate cleanser. Yeah, right? I don't understand how... Y- 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 I don't know. The, I just The thing I'm, is, uh, the, 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 they're just not great at writing the story, are they? It, it's the, <laughs> it, it, I think it, it's the narrative thing. that There's ways to tell a story. It, it doesn't have to be 
overly complicated, but they just yeah. they just don't have the art. Uh, so so the, the, we can. It's like um, the 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 idea that you um, you should you you should sure and not tell. Yeah, because uh, it, cause it's much better that way. But it, but again, with 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 all video games, sort of like to film things, they always try and rush it because there's, there's a whole you know there's a, there's like eighty worth plus hours worth of content in the game, isn't it? Let's say whatever it might be, and they try and cram it into yeah. essentially a ninety minute thing, and and so they end up rushing things and. It, <laughs> it really needs to be a miniseries. That 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 that's that's. What I it think is. this sort of work better as a miniseries, yeah. like a Netflix series. I think so. Yeah, I think it would have because then because you got time to establish got... everything, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, because because yeah. the, the world is actually quite. It's quite interesting. Do, do you know like how did how did the F get to this? And you can you know, can look at the tech of it, and it's quite interesting to do that, and it, and mm. they can explain things. Whereas. You just sort of get, uh, we've got barrier cities. Oh, great, that sounds interesting. You're going to explain that? Yeah. Nah, it's just... They kind of do the Star Trek thing of of leaping over the technology yeah. because the technology is not important to the story, yeah. except that it, in this instance it is. Yeah. Right? In you this know, when, instance it is, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah in, in Star Trek when they say it's a sub-positronic, wibbly-wobbly, neutron, yeah. gamma Beam. wave... Yeah. beam or whatever yeah it doesn't matter they can just be saying off uh, suit because they're going to fire it and you know it's either going to work or it's not going to work it doesn't matter how they developed it yeah right mm. it's not whereas, the focus like of you what say, they're trying to say but. yeah yeah whereas like you say it's it's it's, in, it's integral to the story when they talk about the battery packs they say oh yeah well you know didn't you re- i mean they, they do a chekhov's gun i'm gonna you know chekhov's gun is where spirits, yeah. they talk about something really important in the first few minutes, and then it comes up much later run in the film. Mm. They say that the batteries are made out of organic material, planting the seed for how the how the spirits get into the city. Seven. They don't talk about how the organic material works, and they make up their own name for them and things mm. like that. And it's like a little bit more yeah. information on that. Maybe like, like what happened when the meteor hit the Earth? Yeah. How did they respond? How, you know, like you said, why, why did they rush to these... To these, to these cities, and why did they set everything up the way that they did? Now, I, I don't quite know as much as Jay does on this, because I just watched the film, I've made notes and stuff, so was it the the story and the screenplay, was it the main guy or was it a team of them? I'm just asking. So Hironobu Sakaguchi wrote um, a spec script for a screenplay called Gaia mm. as he was working on Final Fantasy VII. When his mum okay. passed away, he said, this is the film I want to make. Um, and when he passed it up to the higher-ups in, in Square, they said, okay, we'll, we'll invest some money. Um, but you need to get some Hollywood writers because if we're going to release a Hollywood movie, it's got to be written by Hollywood writers because if we're going to sell it to Americans, it needs to be a story that Americans are going to want to watch. Right. Yeah. And so uh, the two writers, uh, forget the chap's names, I can look them up if you like, but the two writers that came on board, one of them wrote Apollo 13, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, um, and they took this story and did what they could with it. Yeah. Um, whether 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 the, the issues that we're having with it are related to either the way that stories are told now, because stories have moved on. Yeah, right? changed, yeah. Um, you know, we expect more from a movie, from a TV show now. Mm. Um, 
or whether it's, you know, time constraints or whether it was maybe the source material that uh, was written by Hironobu Sakaguchi wasn't amazingly brilliant or something. I don't know. Mm. I don't think we'll ever know because I don't think we'll, unless someone's already leaked it, we'll never get to read the short story or the script that he wrote Mm. for Gaia. Because he'll probably keep that under lock and key or Square will probably keep it under lock and key. Or indeed, maybe Sony will because Sony Pictures bought the rights to the movie outright when Square Pictures went under. So uh, it, no one will really ever know what the actual... Reasoning. Where, yeah, yeah, where, where these problems in the story came from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was... Hironobu Sakaguchi was listed as director, but he was actually co-director. There were two people directing it. So maybe it was because of that, right? Two people saying, well, you know, maybe it should look like this. Yeah. Well, no, maybe it should look like that. You know? And then you end up, like, um, filming by committee then, don't you? Or, or, yeah, which uh, is never a good idea. Oh, well, it, it should well, be one person in charge and two people to bounce off. There's, there's as minimal amount of people as possible because then it just ends up being crap. I mean, my view of always stuff like this is the director or you, you know whoever's story it is, they should be able to get their vision across and do it exactly how they want. Yeah. And then you could criticize them for it afterwards when, 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 it, yeah. when it's a. <laughs> but um, yeah. but um, it, it, it's difficult because because you, you need you do need people beside you to tell you that's ridiculous. Don't yeah. put that scene in. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, that's not going to so, work. So the only reason I asked about the story is because it kind of... Oh, as I was watching it, I got this uh, I got this, this feeling that the, there was a main story, but it was conflicted because the story is, is... is The idea behind it and the story is so dense, but then you have to sort of like get people who can localise it for every audience, not just, get, not just people who've played the games with prior knowledge, so it's sort of like you're diluting it that much that it's starting to suffer yeah. to a point where it would have been a good series, it would have been a, an amazing Netflix series. That is good shout, uh, Chief. It would have been an amazing series. But I think it would have got its, its own it, little cult following. Yeah, so, it, it would have uh, done well, but it's, it's just, I get the feeling that it's sort of like his original story and the two Hollywood scriptwriters, I, I had the, the distinct feeling they were butting heads at some point because some things just didn't work. I think just because... Sorry, no, go ahead. Um, what I was going to say was, you know, Jay said this is Final Fantasy VII, the game. I'll give you a few quotes that I wrote down that can prove this point. Old New York City, we might as well just call it Midgar. Um, fancy lasers, well, I just put fancy laser surgery. Is this trauma center? It just felt like it. Um, but it at its core, one of the side stories, science bad, military good. Oh, that's what they're trying to say to you. You know, the science can be shut down at any point, so the military is the bad guys. Um, if I believe this, this movie could have a game made out of it. And I think oh, you, you, you could just take parts of the movie and slap them in as FMVs. It could be quite easily done, because I just thought, where's the gameplay? These are all cutscenes. Yeah. Where's the gameplay? And I think where... that's probably what they what they did. I mean, it feels like a yeah. game with with, with mm-hmm. cutscenes in in the middle of it. And correct me if I'm wrong. Even though this this was sort of like started to be made before Final Fantasy VIII, Gray and Aki Ross is Squall and Renoa. Yeah. Correct me if Possibly. I'm wrong, but it is. Yeah. Th- that's what their relationship is. Mm-hmm. I, that's the first thing I thought was that, that's just Squall and Renoa. that's the other thing right they established that they were in a relationship prior to this mm. but they don't really talk about it no. right? and to the point where the rest of the, the Deep Eyes crew don't realise that they were in a relationship before it right 
when 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 um when Neil yeah when or whatever it was yeah yeah when Steve Buscemi's character wants to uh, stop the they're in an elevator he wants to stop the elevator because he knows that Gray is sweet on Aki he doesn't realize that they were together previously and that's yeah. where you kind of learn a little bit about it but I think not enough to establish that connection and to to your point about it feeling like a video game it really does yeah like you could make you could probably make like a a tactical shooter slash survival horror game where certain levels you play as Aki Ross, you've got to wander around the, 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 the planet looking for these, um, the, you know, the, the spirits or whatever, avoiding being attacked by the, the phantoms. Hmm. Then you can make it, then other levels could be a squad based tactical shooter where, you know, like, kind of like a, a gears of war, but not as violent, hmm. where you've got to go in and rescue people yeah. and bring them back to the nearest. Uh, barrier city or whatever it would have been like a ps2 era game so it wouldn't have been that complicated but we've all played final fantasy 8 here right yeah yeah okay so so going from a cutscene to main game i'm just if if you can imagine right final fantasy 8 before the the seed ball uh the 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 seed ball scene where squall and quistus I used to call her Quizzical. Quistus were walking down and she's preempting what he's going to say. And then as you're moving, the camera pans out. You could have done that into the cut from the cutscene to the main game. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Quite easily yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm saying why I said earlier on, it was a video game. Mm. It was clearly the idea was let's make a video game. And then somebody would have gone, Hey, hang on. We could make a movie of this. This mm. would be great as a movie. I, I think, and the problem is, sorry. Well, I think. Well, well, I was going to comment on this. What Squidge said a little earlier, but um, they've tried to cap. It is a video game, really, but they've tried to yeah. capture a larger market, and that's the problem because they're not going to follow. It's just like it's really a game for for the. It's really a film for the people who like the Final Fantasy thing, yeah. and they're trying to broaden it out to have mass appeal. And, it's and they're very hoping, hard to get right. It's very yeah, hard to get it, right. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's not obviously. You could maybe see this as a start of a trend of, but it's probably always existed that people have always wanted to expand their 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 appeal. But now, especially these days, everything has to appeal to everyone at the same time. Mm. And you know, the, the the cost of that is is that it dilutes, as you said, the 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 real. Because you're spending more resources on attracting people that are not your fans, whereas really you should be using your resources to make the experience better for the fans that already enjoy it. I mean, that would be what I'd say, but probably from a financial point of view, it probably there is probably more sense in doing the the uh, get uh, uh, get everybody to like it because you probably make more money from that. But uh, I, I just had a sorry to interrupt, but I just sorry. had a thought. You could make this game as like a Netflix series, but similar to Bandersnatch, where you choose where you want to go. Yeah. Where you go to search for the spirits, it escalates, it gets worse, you've got to go back and it's harder to get the spirits, that kind of thing. I just thought yeah. that it would work as like a the, an F and V movie type thing. The story, the property, everything, it has the legs to be a video game to be a TV series. It has it has this ability, but um, just not everything were, all at once. Yes, yes, yeah. And I think that they were hampered by the fact that they were making it at the tail end of the nineties, when if you wanted to make a CG movie and you wanted to make it well, you had to be Pixar. 
Yeah. Because Pixar were all in. That's all that they did yeah. was CGI stuff. Yeah. You want to do it well, you go to Pixar, yeah. right? Mm. Whereas they were like, well, let's hire a bunch of animators. And they were, you know, really extremely, very highly skilled people. Really knew what they were doing. Some concept artists, a couple of writers, and some people to help with support of making the film. And then we'll sort of futz around for three years. And then now that we have the technology, we'll make this film. Except In a year, they yeah. Didn't, yeah, but they didn't spend much time sort of... Um, working on like the story and things um and, and and like the background i feel like there's a lot of effort went into the background like mm. the building the world yeah but none of that translated on screen no it didn't K- kind of a i get the feeling it's more of square going look at the technology we made from scratch you know this yeah. this is a massive tech demo what about the story don't worry about that just look at the and, graphics yeah, and i think that that i think that hits nail on the head to be honest yeah I, I yeah there's that. absolutely nothing wrong with that um, it's, it's kind of like what it, id software did with doom 3 they yeah, made a tech engine yeah. and not a game and one of the reasons that it <laughs> took so long is because they were quite literally at the bleeding edge of can we make it more realistic can we make mm. it easier to use can we make it easier to make things with and they spent ages three years building in software building something for three years by the time it comes out you're five years behind right because you started working on three yeah yeah excuse me you started yeah you started working with the presumption that you could make something that already existed at the time better right and so you're aiming to make they started in 1997 by the time they hit 2000 they're trying to make 1997 better yeah whereas actually other companies have spent less time working on making 1999 better you know what i mean and so you fall behind which is a it's a double-edged sword because you need the better technology and one of the ideas like i said aki ross was meant to be an actress a digital the world's first digital actress that big that could be translate trans aki ross was meant to be yeah that's true so Aki Ross was meant to be the first digital actress that could be transplanted into different films. And she was built using this technology that could be plugged into uh, 3D, uh, no, no, not 3D, Autodesk, uh, Autodesk Maya, which was the big thing at the time. If you were doing 3D animation, you would do that and plugged into RenderMan, which was the big thing at the time. And so they spent ages building this software that could plug into both of those two systems. Hmm. Problem was that by the time it came out, Nobody was using Maya anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they were still using Renderman because people because a Renderman is a is a Pixar animation um, uh, rendering engine mm. that was used all the way back in Toy Story and is still used today in all of their latest films. Yeah. They've just improved it and they've released it as open source. So if you want to use it, you can just download it and away you go. Right. Yeah. But the problem is that. Only one of those two tools was still the industry standard. The other one had moved on. (laughs) I think the lesson from my point of view is that really, if you're a video games company, maybe you should stick to making video games. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That sounds harsh because you stick to what you know. You should, you should, because you can tell the story in your game. And, yeah. and, it, and it very much feels like a video story game because there's, there's, a, there's a lack of maturity to certain parts of it. I know it's mm. better because it's hit the big screen, but and and, and they've made those um, to to filmize to make it more like a film, cinematic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've done those bits because they've, they've like you say they've got uh, professionals from the industry in mm. to give them that insight. But like um, like we, we've played um, we've played you know loads of video games and, and there's always the story always it gets a bit 
it gets a bit cack-handed towards the end, doesn't it? There's all. It's not the. I mean, the 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 best narrative I've seen in a game is probably The Last of Us, as in the part part one. In that hmm. it's well done, but it's basically it's taken all the things they've learnt from films and he's transposed that on onto his game, um, and he's told the story through that, and they they could have done that with um. Spirits Within, you know, made it made it an actual video game. Um, they're going to tell the story quite successfully through that, really. Um, but um, as a 90-minute film for people who... Well, two-hour film, you said, didn't you? Uh, but mm. for people to get invested in it that quickly... I mean, it still did all right, didn't it? I mean, I know it only recouped half of its actual expenditure... But it was still a significant amount of money that that, that it recouped, and it obviously it's still you know it is a flopping. But if if Square uh, as a, as a as a studio continued to invest in that, they they may have been doing more films. They may, they may have recouped that loss later down the line. I mean, it was the first film, and obviously it's a bit bit harsh to lose that much edition maybe so, not have such a big budget on, on the yeah. thing well you've well you've got to remember about 3d cgi movies right pixar operated at a loss for a very long time they didn't make yeah. a huge amount of money on mm. movies like toy story yeah. Yeah. they actually made money on doing animation for uh, commercials yeah right mm-hmm. to do doing 30 second commercials because you know when you scale down from a 90 minute movie to 30 minute commercials 90 minute movie may take you two years to make 30 minute commercial could be done in a, in a month i mean right? so you can just churn those out that's yeah. not how they not not the right word to use but you can you can just yeah. wallop 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 it's because they've got the background of doing that and they've got the experience exactly. doing it i mean the smart thing for square to have done at the time would be to get pixar to do the animation and then to do the story and then yeah. obviously you can't you can't um, um, profit from it one hundred percent. Then, but um, but you know, then then you're getting professionals to do the bit you don't know, and then and then yeah. But anyway, <laughs> what I what I was gonna say was if they would have continued using like slightly updated you know models and the the software and everything that they've got, if they'd have made a second film and put more emphasis on the story. It mm-hmm. it would have gone from they took a loss to it's starting to peak up and then they get into profit. It, it's one of those. It's a start. Yeah. If they would have kept going, it would have been something. But obviously, nobody had any trust in them after no, that. After that, is it? And Ooh. the price and the, you know and all again, the, it the money. The that losses. bad was it? I mean, you give it a seven. <laughs> like like um, it, like it wasn't the most atrocious thing I've ever seen. So I'm, it, I'm, I'm a bit of a masochist though when it comes to films like this. So. <laughs> I, I the, the cheesier the better. So. No wonder I gave it a seven. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I've I've seen some of the the Resident Evil animation bits, and you know they're not really any better. Are they? <laughs> just like I mean, I would say a lot of it is is the nostalgia, you know, the fan the fan service of it. In that you know, you know, someone who likes Resident Evil, I'll watch that, and you, that audience is already captive. Yeah. But if you try and sell it outside to those people, they'll think this is. Pretty middling, pretty pretty average. Is was it the Resident Evil CGI movies you you just mentioned? Well, there's a, there's yeah. a whole haul of them, isn't there? Right. Like, well, um, if it's the CGI movies, they were made for the people who like Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. The what's known as I only found this out the other day, the Anderson Universe, which is Mila Jevalovich um, films. They've got CG in very badly, apart from Nemesis in the second one, which I that's the best yeah. part of it. I am referring but, specifically to the animated. 
like right. CGI. Well, the, the, the CGI ones were made, I think, with the fans in mind. Yeah, they, yeah. they didn't try and broaden it out to a massive audience. That's exactly. why it worked they a bit they better. They didn't give it a similar cinema release, did they? So unlike Spirits Within, which was no, I think it was just released. Yeah, I think it was just the, released. The, yeah. the cinema releases were um, domestically in Japan. You could actually yes. go to the to see them on the big screen there. Uh, I don't know about the states, but they did definitely didn't. Didn't get a cinematic release over here. Is that the it was Resident like straight Evil. to DVD? Is that the, the CGI? Yeah, the, the Resident Evil CGI movies. Yeah, straight to DVD. Yeah, but my, but you, my point is that you know it, it's not it, it's still all right, <laughs> and, mm. and by by a standard of other things like it, it's not it's not really that poorer. And I think Square Enix maybe overreacted a little bit in that uh, with. <laughs> Let, let's pull the plug on this. I mean, maybe they shouldn't have spent uh, like two hundred million on it. Uh, would, mm. would be a good idea. <laughs> but, I, I, I think the best way to put it is: if you've got a choice between this or the latest Shrek films, watch Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it, it beats the yeah. out of the, the yeah. latest Shrek films. They exactly. might have had the animation, but it's just crap. It, the little so, ones. It's just something that, that's the poorness of recent cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a, I mean, oh, just, yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's a different matter, isn't it? What, what's your score anyway, Jay? We got on a right yeah. tangent there. So yeah, I'll, I'll come on to that in a minute. I just want to make this this point uh, uh, one point clear that I've been sort of echoing about. I, I've kept making this allusion to Pixar and Toy Story, right? The other thing to remember is that Pixar and Toy Story at the time had Steve Jobs and Steve Jobs' money behind it. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. But also that they didn't... How do I put it? They didn't necessarily release something that was at the bleeding edge of technology. They took what they could make in a reasonable amount of time mm. and spent loads of time in building the story and the characters and the world and presented all of that to you. Mm. They didn't, whereas Square Enix were like, yeah, we've got this, got this story. How do we bring this story to the big screen and make it as realistically looking as possible, yeah. mm. right? We need to spend all of our effort making it look as realistic as possible because we're video game designers. And it didn't matter, did it? It didn't on, ma- I mean, yeah, I didn't, exactly. you know the stuff you mentioned about the hair? I didn't even notice so, mm-hmm. so it's like, um, why? Why? <laughs> it was just like mm. you don't need to. You don't need to. You, it would be yeah. you do. You get the story right. People look back at stuff like that, and then because because otherwise, if the story's not great, there's no reason to rewatch it, and no one will see these things anymore. So it, it's exactly. it's always story first, and graphic second. Again, you should know as a video oh, game yes. company, gameplay first. Yeah. yeah. Store. <laughs> yeah. Game, gameplay and story, their graphics last because you can upgrade I mean, graphics. Because you can have one without the other, but you, you, you can have. But people still play a game with poor graphics, but they will not play a game that's. Looking at you, people play. playing Iron Man from 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Which of. Like, just to under, underscore everything you've just said there, Chief. If you had to. If you had the choice of spending a rainy Saturday afternoon watching Toy Story. Or watching Final Fantasy Spirits Within. It's toy, you're going to go with Toy Story, toy story right? isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't look as pretty, or rather, it doesn't it, because we're looking at it with a almost thirty year lens on it. Mm. Doesn't look as pretty, but there's story, there's characters, there's emotion, mm. there's 
there's everything you need to be entertained. That's right. Final Fantasy Spirits Within falls really rather flat because they were like, look at how... Pre-. And genuinely, it is a pretty film. Mm. And um, uh, the, the movie critic Rod, Rod, uh, Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert, um, he, he said the only things that you could say about this film was he gave it a really high rating about a B plus, And he said, go see the film, if only to see how gorgeous it is. Yeah. And he's right. Mm. But he couldn't really recommend it for the characters of the story. No, because there, there, there isn't any character development. And you don't feel no. anything yeah. special for, 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 for Aki Ross. Or, I mean, it's so bare bones. It's like um, mm. there's some there's some little remarks, but nothing really. <laughs> I mean, I, I quite like The Professor. And then, mm. you, you know, but there's... But again, there's not a great deal of character development. And then there's, there's General Hine, which is needlessly evil. I mean, I remember when they do the Zeus cannon bit. When it's, you know, when it's um, over, it's about to... Yeah. Well, it's destroy. overcharged. Yeah, and then he says, no, we'll, we'll keep firing. I mean, what? why? <laughs> just ridiculous. Just wait till it cools down. <laughs> the, um, the problem with that is that they sort of flash past it really quickly, just like they would in a video game. Yeah. Um, in a Hollywood movie, they would spend more time on his reasons for doing that. His reason for doing that is wife that kid. his yeah, his wife and kid yeah. uh, were killed by phantoms, mm. and it's an anger that he carries around all the time with him. But it's like, it's just a throwaway line. Have you lost anyone? Yeah, I lost my wife and kid. But anyway, let's go to yeah, Zeus yeah, that's, and that, blow that's, up. that's why we're all gonna put uh, go through with this because we've all lost people. Yeah, but yeah. that's like I, less I, than a I minute. Talk- I totally get that, but it feels like that would have it should have had an emotional punch to it. But it doesn't, right? does Maybe, it? When you watch it, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the, that's the problem. It, I mean, it's, it's it's hinted at because he puts down a glass of whiskey. It's hinted mm. that he's drunk because he's upset because he's remembering his wife and kid that he lost. Mm. But it doesn't actually focus on that. He just like puts the glass of whiskey down and goes, "This is my wife and kid, and they died, and now I'm going to kill them all." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. There's no emotional weight to that scene. And I feel like if there'd have been more emotional weight to that scene than the scene with him on the space station, on Zeus, yep. saying, I don't care, fire the goddamn weapon. <laughs> because then, like, essentially that's what he was doing. Yeah, but the yeah. problem is that it didn't come across it because, again, no emotion. Yeah. There should have been, like, a maybe it would have been over the top to have him cry, but, like, they killed my wife and child. I want to kill them. But, like, that, but, I'm, but you, I'm, putting more, I'm putting more emotion into this now than there is in that entire scene. But you see the problem <laughs> there with, with that, though, uh, Jay, is that he could just wait. It's not like the cannon is not going to fire again. It, yeah. We just need to cool down. <laughs> it, it just seems moronic. It's just like, why yeah. do you have to fire it right now? Just wait. Like, the, 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 I guess the because they had to kill him. Uh, right? As, as a story point, they had to kill him in the same way that they had to kill the other d um, you know, oh we, well, we need to kill we need to kill Ving Rams's character off. Um, Just get rid of him. Yeah, how, get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about when when they when they crash the car, he somehow ends up with a pipe stuck in him, but we don't know how because it's not sure. We don't see the geography of the car or the race, but it doesn't matter. It, it's just for convenience. And this is yeah. this is this is the in this just lays this lays it open, doesn't it? It's just like mm-hmm. it's sort of lazy writing, really, because yeah. they are. You, there's there's many ways to 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 get to that wh- where you want that character that position the character to be in, but you've taken the sort of the oh, I can't be bothered, right? Yeah, that just happens. And it, 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 my homework of needs time, to be in tomorrow morning. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> got it. I know That's what, what happened is. on the yeah. Zeus. My, I know what happened on the Zeus. Oh, go on. It's... It, just one second, Squidge. Mm. It's the it's the my homework has to be in tomorrow morning, and it's nine o'clock at night. It's That's it's. I feel like it's less. Yeah. It's less. Can't be bothered. It's oh crap! I've got to write this today because we're filming it tomorrow. Yeah. That's that's the feeling that I got. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Squidge. It's- the thing that happened on the Zeus it is a cautionary tale for the future because this is set in the future. What happened was he said, fire it again. It needs to cool down. What they didn't show you is it went to the screen in front of the guy who was firing it and it says, need to wait five minutes or buy credits. So what he did was he bought credits with money he didn't have. So what happened was the system it was linked to, you know, for microtransactions, he went, you're not paying, we're just going to blow up your space station. So don't have microtransactions <laughs> in anything because your space station will blow up. Well, yeah, that's good advice. I mean, ho- hopefully everyone could hear the eye roll I just did. <laughs> <laughs> if, the, if this was released now, you'd get to watch the first hour of this, and then they would charge you for the... the, the they're not here. 50 minutes. <laughs> it, it'd, be, it'd either be Stop. HBO Plus exclusive, right? It'd be on Paramount Plus exclusive, or it'd be half the backstory needs on Netflix. The other half is on Amazon Prime, no, and then no, they release no, it in no. the cinema. No, no, you've missed that. You've missed the trick there. What would happen is if they made it now, Square Enix would make their own streaming service. Yes, they would. Only yeah. had that movie on it. Yeah. <laughs> Are they the only company that don't have their own streaming service? Don't they give ideas? They've not they've, even got anything to put on there. They've got they've got Final Fantasy fourteen. That's roughly the same. I mean, it's an online game. They could stream to it. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about how we might be able to make the movie better. There's sometimes a jokey thing that we like to do. We'll do it real quick. What is the one thing you could do to make this movie worse? Could you make it worse? Is there something you could do that could make this the biggest box office flop ever instead of the fourth biggest box office flop? I'll have mm-hmm. a think. All right, well, you have a think. Go for it, Squidge. Um, get EA to make a film. <laughs> You and EA and you and microtransactions. Well, it's you get EA to make a film, right? And what you do is you sell different tiers of tickets, <laughs> right? So you have like the Midgar tier where you only see 40 minutes of the film. Then you have like the Gold Saucer tier, which is like almost just to just before the climax. And then you have to get like the Bahamut version to see the full film. Yeah, if you want to see how Aki Ross saves the day, swipe your credit card now. And there's a little ca- there's a little card bipper on the the, the little seat. Let me let it. me do that. Do, let me do that bit again, but with a with a more like Im- impressive sounding voice, right? Okay, so if you want to see how Aki Ross saves the planet, swipe your credit card now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Any ideas, Chief? How you how you could potentially make this movie worse? Well, I suppose. It's limitless, isn't it? I mean, actually, I mean, the, the, I mean, making it better is quite difficult, but making it worse is, I mean, you just do anything. I don't know, leave Starbucks cups around or, or in the threadshed or stuff like that. I mean, you, yeah, or just don't show up, or <laughs> you, you, you could, you could like House of the Dead, interspersed gameplay from the from actual Final Fantasy game series. 
in the transition screens and have reload, shall we? Oh, Materia. Yeah. You know, one of those, Materia! <laughs> Clash I mean, on the bridge, that kind of thing. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do it. Oh, I mean, just <laughs> um, just make it... I don't know. Well, you could do literally anything. Um, I, I'm actually... I've, I've confused myself now because there's... You set the story in a high school. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You make it into a team rom-com. Yeah. Oh, that could, yeah, that would be worse, wouldn't it? It's not a Persona game. <laughs> Make it into a Persona game. Make it into- there you go. There you go. I think, right, just ignoring the making it worse thing, right? I just had a brainwave. What if this could have been like a 90 minute, if you could cut it down, a 90 minute introduction to the universe and the rest of the TV show that is that comes straight after it is rebuilding the planet. Ah, yeah. Right, getting the message out to the other barrier cities and saying, we've... We've destroyed the phantoms. Let's all get together and sort of come up with ways that we can help rebuild civilization with occasional flashbacks to like how it all happened, filling in those gaps. That could have worked. But obviously, you know, I'm saying that now as it, we're in 2022, 21 years later, that's kind of how you would bootstrap a TV show. You do a, 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 a longer than normal pilot uh, and then the rest of the series is filling in those gaps. Because it could Maybe have been have good sci-fi. It didn't yeah. have to be. It, it could have been good sci-fi. You know, good sci-fi. You, you set your scene, don't you? And then you, you mm-hmm. it's basically like a mirror to, to what it is today. And you can talk about things. And it's quite mm-hmm. fun. You can talk about tech and stuff, and uh, and you talk about social issues and whatnot. It, it's it's a it's a good um a good way to well. To, to, I've lost the train of my thought. Forget that. <laughs> I've, just lost, that. I've just lost a train. I'm going to train that. What, what, what I mean, yeah, you, there's, there's, a, there's the, the, the basic idea of it is pretty good, but it, and if you're willing to invest in it, you know, there's a good story to come out of this. And you don't need to really, you don't even need to rush it. I mean, you could even just have the beginning part of it as um, your 90 minutes of just the beginning. Do, do you know, like, mm-hmm. how, they, how they find the first one and then realise, oh, we've got, we can do this now, and then the rest of the series could be about them trying to find the others uh, over a period of time. Because they find them quite quickly, don't they? You wonder. Yeah. You, I, I'm talking about the spirits here. The 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 eight spirits that. Yeah, the, yeah, they're already on six. Yeah, by yeah. the time the movie starts, they get quite, and then they suddenly find some more, don't they? Really quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, we've yeah. got this. Should we do a scan? Oh yeah, we've got it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it was a TV show, you could stretch out the spirit. That's in the little girl in the hospital. You could stretch yes. that out yeah. for two or three that episodes. Entire- that could be a, yeah. a massive emotional punch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like a, a deep resolve to we need to find the rest of these. He could have got yep. the audience. It's just done too completely. quick, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. There's it good stuff in there, but it's really rushed over so that by the time you get to the end of it, you think, oh, well, I've seen that now. Okay. So why don't we talk about our rating system, right? And we'll give a rating to the movie. Now, we don't typically review things and rate them. Because I I remember, I think it was the very first episode, our demo episode, 56 games, 63 minutes. But we actually mentioned something like 82 games or something Mm. in that same period of time. We talked about how we never review things and give a rating, right? Because like you said earlier on, uh, Chief, you actually said it, six six oranges out of eight cherries or something like that, right? (laughs) Because rating systems don't count. They're, they're, They're pointless and they are subjective. Um, they're not objective. So, so our rating, 
Yeah, exactly, right? So our rating systems for movies uh, are more objective than subjective, right? Possibly. We have, th- <laughs> well, let us know, let us know. We've got three three possible ratings, right? You can rate it, fling it into a tree, which is the worst, watch it, which is middle, and love it, which is best. And what we actually do is we rate the movies on three separate categories. So we rate them as a Hollywood movie itself, as a movie without any licenses attached, and as a movie in the canon of the games, right? And so, for instance, as a movie itself, how would you rate Final Fantasy Spirits Within as a Hollywood movie? How would you rate, uh, how would you rate the um, Final Fantasy Spirits Within uh, as a movie without any sort of licenses? So, for instance, the example that I have written down is Do- uh, Double Dragon is a 90s family-friendly action movie. This is an early 2000s science fiction, specu- speculative fiction um, theory-based movie. And then the final one is as a movie in the canon of the game. So as a Final Fantasy movie, how would you rate it? So I'll tell you what we'll do. Squidge, you go first with uh, with the as a Hollywood movie. Then I'll go, and then that'll give Chief an idea of how we do things and a chance to sort of come up with his rating. So Squidge, as a Hollywood movie, how would you rate it? Fling it into a tree, watch it because it's okay, or I absolutely blooming love it. Um, I'd say watch it out of curiosity, not for the story of a Hollywood movie, but the tech behind it. Um, so it'd be sort of, because the, the story's pretty cookie-cutter, to be honest, but the tech is really impressive even now. So it'd okay. be watch it from me. Sure, okay. Uh, for me, as a standard Hollywood movie, um, I would say um, that it's somewhere between fling it into a tree and watch it, because there's loads of problems with it. But it's like it's not really solving those problems as a Hollywood movie. If it was not attached at all to Square Pictures or Final Fantasy, I'd have a real hard, real hard time recommending this film. Mm. Right? I still have the sort of slight rose-tinted glasses of, but it's related to Final Fantasy. I'm a yeah. huge fan, and you know, and the music and all that kind of stuff. So I have a hard time somewhere between fling it into a tree and watch it for me. Mm. Mm. What about you, Chief? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to actually probably, if I had to say one, probably fling it into a tree. But uh, um, of the, I, I totally get what you're yeah. saying about it being in within the two, because um, obviously my, my 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 standard of Hollywood movies fairly have a low opinion of quite a lot of them anyway. So, <laughs> so let's not say I'm not saying that up uh, because it's not saying fling it into a tree because there's so many other Hollywood movies that are. Great. I'm just saying, mm. as a movie, it's probably fling it into the tree area. <laughs> you know, just teetering on, give it a watch. Just teetering mm. on, give it a watch. Uh, yeah, I think that's what I said about it. Okay. So then, as a genre movie, that's what I meant earlier on when I said without the licenses attached. Okay. So, as a genre movie, a science fiction, speculative fiction, action kind of horror e has those horror elements as the comedy movie with the comedy elements how would you rate it squidge fling it into a tree watch it it's the best movie ever i'd say fling it into a tree for the one main reason only there's no serial killer in it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> if it's if it's a sci-fi movie and you're trying to get all aliens and you know spirits and all the rest of it, there's got to be an immediate sense of horror. And a giant laser is not immediate sense of horror. Neither is getting your spirit sucked. It has to be sucked out your body. It has to be there's an absolute madman killer out there with a weapon made out of a spirit killing people. Okay. So I'd say right. fling it into a tree is a sci-fi film. Just nah. Uh, for me, I'm sitting in uh, Watch It, because there's there's enough there to keep you interested. If you're interested in science fiction, speculative fiction, a um, little bit of horror, a little bit of comedy, a great way to spend an afternoon, watch it, right? Because you can just switch your brain off, right? There's, there's enough there to, there's almost enough there to keep you entertained, and you don't have to think about it. If they took one or two elements away, you would have to think about it. Right, but there's just enough that you don't really have to think about it. Just enough. And you can just be a ab- yeah, yeah, and you can just be absorbed in how gorgeous the movie is to watch. Because mm. as we've said earlier on, it's it's a beautiful film. The visuals are gorgeous. So, uh, Chief, as a science fiction movie, as a speculative fiction movie, all those things, fling it into a tree, watch it, or um, it's the best movie ever. Well, because of my general liking of sci-fi, I would probably always uh, give it a watch. Because um, cause, cause there's ideas there. And um, it's disappointing that it doesn't expand them, like I've said before. But they are there. Um, so it, it's worth seeing on that on that on that level. But you know, if you if you like sci-fi, you, you might there might be a little concept you get from that. You think, oh, that's quite cool, and you can use it in your own better sci-fi so but um yeah it says not yeah there's there's, <laughs> there's something worth watching there if, you, if you're just looking at the genre i think yeah <laughs> yeah no i like it i like it okay so as a movie which represents final fantasy in the video game canon right it is a movie that is attached to the series as a video game movie which represents final fantasy Flag it into a tree, watch it, it's the best movie ever, Squidge. Flag it into a tree with a cannon. As in, fire it from a cannon yeah. into a tree, then fling the cannon into the tree. <laughs> um, if, if it was actually made into either a series or a, a smaller game afterwards, then it'd be different. But standalone as a Final Fantasy product in the cannon, no, fling that and the cannon into the tree, followed by the film studio, you know. Just, which is what they did. Yeah, which just <laughs> so they beat me to it already. But no, just as a Final Fantasy film, no, it just especially in the canon, it, it's it's got awesome tech behind it. But story wise and link, you know, starting an actual game or uh, a number of games based on that, no, just no, fling it into a tree with everything else. Okay, um, I feel like I sit sort of in that same area, fling it into a tree. To me, it doesn't represent. Final Fantasy. It does represent video games because mm. it is a video game movie, yeah, and that clearly, it is yeah. it is take a video game and supplant it into the cinema. This is what you do. Yeah, you take away all the storyline, you take away all of the the important bits, and you just have the action set pieces that the fans would would know. Problem is, there isn't a game that it sits with. Right, this isn't a game that they made. They made a movie of, unless, of course, it is indeed Final Fantasy VII, which is my personal theory. Take Final Fantasy VII and put it on the big screen, which is what, which is why they've never made a Final Fantasy VII the movie because they've already done it, mm. right? <laughs> and so, yeah, for me, it's fling it into a tree. This is this is a video game movie that deserves a video game or a TV show that sort of expands upon it. 
in my opinion. So yeah, fling it into a tree. I'll tell you something. Pre- it, it's yeah. sure a better than Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh, yeah. no. Best shots fired. Oh, what a terrible thing to say. <laughs> Chief, it's not terrible if it's well, true. So okay. 13 gets a bit too much here, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well deserved, in my opinion. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. So, <laughs> so, Chief, as a Final Fantasy video game movie, as something that represents Final Fantasy, the brand, if someone has never, ever, ever... Um, experienced anything Final Fantasy before, and they said, should I watch this movie? Is it what I should expect from the games? Flag it into a tree, watch it, or you absolutely think it's the best example ever? I don't know. (laughs) I think if you're saying, is it what they should expect? Well, I suppose it has the same level of convoluted plots that all the Final Fantasy games have. But not as many buckles. (laughs) Not as many buckles. Yeah. I think it's edging towards chuck it into a tree. Uh, again, right. because it's not really a, it's not one of the better examples of it, is it? But um, if I'm being generous, give it a watch. But I think I'm edging towards thinking the tree because it doesn't really do these series much justice, really. And uh, like you said, it's better off in a Netflix thing. Uh, you make a big series out of it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, if uh, as as a as a fan, fan of Final Fantasy, I think you'd expect that you'd want to watch it just to see what's happened. So that's why I'm saying maybe just watch because you're gonna want to see it, even if it's absolute trash, which is not quite that. <laughs> but but um, <laughs> you want to see it, don't you? Even even if it's a nightmare, you still want to see it. So now I'll tell you what, I'll be generous today. I'm gonna say. Um, watch it. Give it a watch because you're a Final Fantasy fan. It's, it's it says Final Fantasy in the title, and you know <laughs> if that's not. And um, you know, uh, so there is of... no buckles in that film. You're right. There aren't yeah, there aren't any. I think my no opinion would have been increased a lot if I wore a couple of belts while watching it. What do you mean? Maybe I'm, I'm not following. So the the joke here, uh, Chief, is that all Final Fantasy characters. After Final Fantasy VII, including and after Final Fantasy VII, right. the mass, the the male characters wear about a million different belts and buckles in all of their suits. Oh, do they? You go, yeah, yeah. Go back and look at all of the character designs. They all wear like buckles that hold their shirts together and belts and uh, like two belts, three belts. I've not go ahead noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Squall's got two of them. Cloud has belts for shoulder pads. Final Fantasy Nine is all buckles. Final Fantasy Ten, Lulu's dress is made of buckles. You know, it's all everything's buckles, even the shoes, the glasses, their eyes. You know, the skeleton, everything. I, I won't be able to unsee this now. Hello, I've not really. That's noticed, exactly but. it. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so we've gone and talked about Final Fantasy Spirits within. Um, any last thoughts, chaps, of or about this game, uh, about this game, about this movie, or are we happy to leave it where it is? Oh, Chief's checking his notes. I think... Hang on. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? I, I actually haven't looked at the notes once, which That's means... That's fine. It's because pretty... we, we haven't needed them. <laughs> Squidge? All I'll say reckon? is, if you're ever stuck in a situation where Grant and Aki Ross was, where there's phantoms everywhere, there's always one last option. Dance off. Oh, no. Which is what they did... In the special features. Yep, which I'm sure, Chief. 
there's a there's a there's an Easter egg on the second disc for the DVD release, where in in the film we might put this after the credits, but um, in the film when uh, Hein when General Hein says the immortal line, "What have I done?" He runs out of the room he's in, and it does the thriller dance bit. And it's amazing. I'll put a link in the show notes. I must notes. have showed you this, Chief. It so is, if you get horrendous. to this point in the show notes. I thought it was Aki yeah. Ross that did the dance. Yeah, yeah. She does the dance with all of the characters. But um, General Hine runs up and sort of triggers the dance to happen. Uh, He's like standing there watching it happen. And instead of yeah. the shock look, he just looks really confused when it As zooms it right in. It's like, hey. <laughs> then it starts dancing. It's yeah. amazing. So there you go. Excellent. Well, thanks for listening to the show, folks. I, I really appreciate it. Gentlemen, I appreciate you being on the show. I really appreciate that. Uh, we've gone and talked for the recording is an hour and a half, which means the episode's going to be around about that much, um, if not more. Um, so, Squidge, I thank you in advance for doing the editing because you're amazing at it. Um, head over to waffleintellers.rocks to see the show notes for this episode. There'll be lots more stuff in there. I will link the video that we just discussed in the show notes. I'll embed it in there. Um, and you know, there'll be links to all of the other games we've talked about. Uh, look for us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. We're on those services. Waffling Tailors. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, everyone. See you later. Bring back Moogles. Don't, don't bring back Moogles. Dare you. Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details.